listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B, and this is episode number 93, Weight Loss Mindset. Well, hello, hello again, my friends. It is so nice to have you here on the Fitness Matters Podcast, where every single week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. And how do I know that this one matters to you? Because you tell me so, (laughs) you guys. This is... This is one of those episodes, and in case it's your first one, hi, welcome. Let me just digress right here at the beginning. This is everything you could possibly need to know about me. (laughs) I'm Paula B. I digress. I tell stories. I laugh a lot. Sometimes the episodes are a little bit rambling and a little bit like cerebral. And sometimes like today, here's where I'm going with this. Sometimes today it's practical. You guys, today I have an incredibly practical episode for you. This is a question that I get asked really frequently and it's why I'm addressing it here. Well, it's not even a question. Here's a statement that I hear really frequently. I'm working on my weight loss. I'm having trouble with it. I know it's my mindset, but I don't know what to do about that. And I want you to know a couple of things. First of all, first of all, your mindset is not simply one thing and it's not a fixed thing. Like I, I have been working on my mindset about lots of different topics for several years now and my thoughts and my feelings and my opinions and how I deal with them, they're still ever changing. You don't actually have a bad mindset or a good mindset because what you have is thoughts and lots of them. Each and every one of us has about somewhere. I mean, here's, here's something I've learned from Google that I'm just going to keep repeating until I hear otherwise. We have about 60,000 thoughts a day. It's a lot. There's a lot of them. Some of them are helpful. Some of them are not. Most of them are simply really, really efficient. They are thoughts that your brain has been thinking over and over again, kind of unsupervised. The thought came to you at some point in time in your life, and then you didn't challenge it in the moment, or maybe you did, but but then consequently didn't continue to challenge it. And so your brain just got efficient at thinking it. And sometimes we take that to mean that something is true or that it is believable or that we have to believe it. And yet almost nothing that we think is an actual fact. I'm going to refer you to the episode facts versus opinions for a little bit more background here, but I promise that you can understand everything that we're talking about today and you can do the practical steps of what we're talking about today, even if this is the very first thing that you are doing on your mindset journey. I I am intentionally wanting this to be very beginner friendly for you because sometimes even, even when we jump in and we like kind of understand the concepts, in fact, I think, no, that's not fair. I know that all of you understand the concepts that I'm talking about. (laughs) At the very least, on some level, you get what I'm saying. And yet putting it into practice because, oh, by the way, your mindset, it's a practice. (laughs) Maybe I didn't mention that yet, but yes, when you are developing your mindset, working on your mindset, you are practicing a set of skills. You are practicing recognizing your thoughts 
and deciding if they're helpful. Literally everything that I do in my mindset journey comes down to those two steps, recognizing my thoughts and deciding if they're helpful. And today, even more practically than that, because that's still kind of just an overview, like, okay, I get it. I hear that you want me to recognize my thoughts, but how? And I hear that you want me to decide whether or not they're helpful, but how? So today I have actual practical steps for you to find your thoughts and decide if they're helpful. And I'm going to tell you right now, spoiler alert, by the way, if this is your first podcast with me, I just can't wait to give you the information. I always, always give you spoilers. (laughs) So here we go. Spoiler alert. You're going to be asking yourself a lot of questions. Now, I happen to love questions. I'm a big, big, big fan of asking questions for several reasons. And here's where I'm going to digress and tell you a couple of personal stories. Number one, I've always been a curious person. Like I I remember being very young and just really feeling like I needed to know something. Like knowing deep in my bones that listening to somebody else talk about something wasn't enough for me, that I wanted to experience it and know more about it for myself. My earliest really recollection of this, and this is going to sound like the strangest example, and and it is, <laughs> but here's, here's why I remember this. I sat next to this boy that I had a huge crush on in reading class in sixth grade. And I just thought that he hung the moon. I thought he was the cutest boy in the whole entire world. And I, I just was enamored of him. And I remember him talking about two really specific things that I had no prior knowledge of and did not understand. And I remember being so insanely curious about it to the point where I thought about it so much and really needed to understand it for myself that now, I mean, how old was I in sixth grade? 10, 11, 12, whatever that is, 12, right? Okay. Well, I'm almost 52. So I've been thinking about it for like 40 years and I still remember turning around and my, my little boyfriend, whose name I'm not going to mention because I mean, what would be the weird odds that somebody else who's listening to this podcast actually knows him? That would be weird. So I'm not going to mention any names, but I turned to my little non-existent boyfriend and we were chatting about something or other. And I remember him asking me, can you tell that I'm high? in sixth grade, in sixth grade, you guys, like I look back now and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this boy was smoking pot at 12 years old. I had never even heard of it. (laughs) I had no idea what that was. And I remember being like, no, but thinking to myself, what is that? What is that like? What is he talking about? I need to know everything. Very, very strange thing to be super, super curious about, but it was so outside my realm of anything that I had seen or done or known anything about. And I'm not going to delve into like just how curious I got later in life about all of that, but I was curious about it. But the other thing, the other thing that I remember him talking about was how he had this friend and I think it might've been like his brother's girlfriend or something like that. It was definitely somebody older, but I remember him talking about how she had figured out this great way to never gain weight that what she would do is that she would eat the food and like let the nutrients get in her body and then she would make herself throw up so that none of the calories stayed in. (laughs) 
you guys. Okay, so here's little me, 12-year-old Paula, who has no idea what he's talking about and thinking that this is somehow actual science, that this is a good idea. In case you don't know, this is a terrible idea. This is not how your body works. That's disordered thinking. It is not safe or healthy for you at all. But I remember at 12 being so curious about how that could work and what that would be like and how you could make yourself throw up, which by the way, I've never ever successfully been able to do that. I have a pretty decent gag reflex, but not one that I can actually trigger on purpose. And I apologize if you have one that is so sensitive that me even talking about it has just brought on yours. Totally apologize for that. But these are the things that my 12-year-old brain was just absolutely needed to know about. I was so insanely curious. And I apparently passed on that trait to my child. I remember when my oldest son was like three, four, five years old. Really, I think it was all three of those. I think it was three solid years where we joke now, but at the time, I I swear he never ever spoke a declarative sentence. Every single thing out of his mouth was a question. And at the time, because, you know, I, I had a, a four-year-old, I also had a three-year-old, so it was a lot for me <laughs> to try and deal with. And I remember not always being incredibly patient with it, but now, and, and even, even mostly at the time, I remember thinking how wonderful it was that he was so curious about everything going on around him. I still value curiosity so much, like so much. In fact, I don't know if you, I've definitely told the story, but I don't know if you know that I have a degree in criminology. What I wanted to do with my life was ask questions. I totally wanted to be like a detective, like a crime scene detective. And I can tell you now with a little bit of experience of myself in my life that I probably would have been terrible at that. So it's probably a really good thing that I've never been a detective, but I'm still very curious. And here's why, here's why I don't think I would have been a good detective. I'm actually not very good at like visual clues. I don't see things much and I probably could have trained my brain. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like being rude to myself here, but for things that I'm not actively engaged in, like, I mean, ask me what kind of a car my neighbor drives. I have no idea. I see my neighbor driving this car every single day and I like cars. Like I know a thing or two about cars, but I don't pay enough attention to know what kind of car my neighbor drives. So, so I don't think I would have been great at being a detective. However, I love, 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 love to listen and read what you guys write and what you say to me about why you're having problems with losing weight And I can see it every time. I know exactly what it is about your mindset that you might want to work on. So I am still a detective. I love to be curious. But anyways, that was a whole spoiler alert. Let me tell you the practical steps. Here is what you are going to do. Step number one, you are going to ask yourself a question. My favorite question in the entire world is what do I think about? And then you get to fill in the blank. Now I'll suggest from a really practical point of view that you ask yourself something very specific. What do I think about eating X number of calories every day? For example, what do I think about drinking such and such amount of water every day? What do I think about being able to sustain doing the same thing every day for as long as it takes to lose weight? 
What do I think about my ability to lose weight? What do I think about my ability to sleep every night? What do I think about my ability to work on my mindset? That one's one of my favorites. I love that. When you're thinking about your thinking, so fun. When you ask yourself this question, here's why it works. Here's why this is the most helpful thing that you can possibly do. Your brain and mine, all of our brains, are compelled to answer questions. And I love knowing this because I notice it everywhere in the world. I notice when, for example, somebody who is trying to draw me in to watching a YouTube video or getting like engagement with their Instagram post or like places out in the world, advertising, lots of places in the world where you will see people intentionally asking a question because you cannot help but respond. You cannot help but engage with a question. And I know that there's, there's some of you, and I love you, who are really skeptical about this. <laughs> I love my skeptical bees because I'm one of them. I don't like, I mean, I, I, I've become a skeptical person because I used to be very gullible. That example that I told you about sixth grade, my little, my little boyfriend who was talking about the girl who would binge and purge, essentially. I remember utterly believing what he said as though it was 100% truth. I carried that quote-unquote knowledge for years, years before I understood how dangerous it was, how, how terrible that thinking was. I truly thought that this 12-year-old boy who was no smarter than me I really thought that he had the answer. I thought that he knew something about science that I didn't know. And I think that that is what has informed me of being skeptical of everybody and everything at this point in my life. Because by the time I did figure it out, I remember feeling very embarrassed that I had believed what he had said, which is a whole nother topic. Anyway, let's come back to this. Ask yourself a question. Ask yourself a really direct question pointed question. And then step number two, you're going to write down all of the answers. Now, here's the thing that why this is important. I know some of you would love to do this in your head and I agree. I like to do it in my head too, because then I don't have to face what it is that I'm thinking. There is something that changes on like a cellular level between thinking something in your head and writing it down on paper. And that changes in a couple of different ways. Number one, it actually takes a lot of like, I think it takes a lot of the sting out of it. Something that sounds really big and important in your head kind of just looks like words on a paper when you write it down on a piece of paper. It takes it out of your head in a way that you can be an observer of the thought rather than thinking the thought. And here's why this is super important. Your brain actually operates on kind of two levels. I refer to it even though I know absolutely nothing about any kind of sports. I know some things about some sports. I'm not a huge sports fan, let's put it that way. I refer to it as being in the upper deck versus being on the playing field. When you are thinking your thoughts, when you're in the middle of thinking your thoughts and they're in your head and they're just kind of rattling around and you're not 
I mean, maybe you're paying attention to them, but mostly you're just kind of ruminating and they're just bouncing around in there. That's you on the playing field. That's you in the middle of the rugby scrum. That is, that is you not being able to see what's going on. But as a spectator, an observer, somebody who's in the upper deck, and I always think about this like like the skybox or whatever, like the really nice places where you've got like climate control and it's really comfortable and you know, you got to pay a whole lot of money to be up there in the skybox. But when you're up there, you have a whole different view of what's going on. And that is the difference between thinking your thoughts and writing your thoughts down. So please, even though you don't want to, I know that some of you don't want to, I know that much. I know how much I resisted this. Let me, let me just talk to myself here. Paula, when you don't feel like writing your thoughts down, write them down anyways, (laughs) because being able to observe your thoughts on paper is very different from hearing your thoughts in your head and having them on paper will actually really help you with step number three, which is to come on back around and ask yourself some more questions. This is the thing that I think lots of us don't do when we are working on our mindset or journaling, which I know, I mean, I I avoided using that word because again, I know, I know how much I resisted that word when I first started working on my mindset. I didn't want to journal because I had journaled before. I had journaled when I was younger and it basically just felt like me complaining to a piece of paper and it still does. But here's the difference. Step three, when you ask yourself questions about what you have written down, it makes all the difference in the world because it actually helps you do both parts of the mindset work. It helps you recognize that what you are thinking is a thought that literally every single thing on that piece of paper that has just come spewing out of your pen, every single one of them is a thought. They're not facts. They're not true. You can absolutely find evidence for them. You believe them. You are ready to arm wrestle me that these things are true, but they're not. They're thoughts. They're thoughts. And when you ask yourself questions about them, it'll help you do that step two part of deciding whether or not they're helpful. So when we ask ourselves questions, we're just getting really curious about our thoughts. Now, here's what happened to me the first couple of times I tried getting curious about my thoughts. I noticed that I was asking myself kind of an unhelpful question. Truly, I was asking myself, why do I think this? And my friend, I want you to know it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if your father's uncle's neighbor said something to you one time when you were seven years old that you carried with you and made it mean that you were never going to be able to lose weight. Like it doesn't matter where that thought entered your head. Being curious about why you think something can be incredibly interesting. Like sometimes I still find myself wondering that because I find it interesting. I'm curious about that, but that line of inquiry doesn't really go anywhere. And in fact, very frequently, I mean, especially if you are me, very frequently just kind of leads to blaming. Oh, if he'd never said that, I never would have spent 40 years of my life thinking this about myself. And in case you didn't just recognize it, that statement was a thought and it was unhelpful. Blaming other people or the media or society or even yourself for why you're having a thought 
it's not a productive use of your time. So let's get curious about what that thought is bringing to you, whether or not it's helpful. My friends, when you are asking yourself, is this true? It's not a really a very helpful question either because your brain will automatically, again, this is just something brains do. The way the brains are like compelled to answer questions, brains also really, really, really want to agree with themselves. So if you're asking yourself a question, like, is this unhelpful thought true? You can probably find all kinds of evidence in your life about your past, about why, oh, of course, I can never lose weight because all of these 12 other times that I have tried to lose weight, I've really had a hard time with it. And this, that, and the other thing happened. Like, you can come up with evidence for why something is true or believable to you. It's not really helpful to know whether or not something is true or believable because your brain is just going to offer you the evidence. When you ask your brain, is this helpful? You will very likely get a different answer. Whether or not something is true or believable, you can definitely find evidence for, but whether or not something is helpful, is gonna open a whole nother avenue of inquiry for you. Helpful means that you feel pretty good about it and you think that you will very likely get some good results from this thought. When you start to recognize whether or not something is helpful, no matter where it came from, no matter whose fault it is, no matter if it's true or believable to you, When you can decide whether or not a thought is helpful for getting you where you want to go, my friends, that is literally the point of what we're doing. (laughs) And, and this is where we leave the work. You have all three of their practical steps. Ask yourself a question, write down every single thing that comes up for you, every single thought that you have about that question and then ask yourself more questions about those thoughts to decide whether or not they're helpful. And here's why, here's why I'm leaving it with that. Cause I know some of you are like, okay, now that I have found that I have all these unhelpful thoughts, what do I do next? What's the next step? My friend, here's my favorite thing about mindset work. You don't actually have to do anything else. Your brain, your big, powerful, amazing brain is actually going to take care of this for you. Once you have found your thoughts and decided whether or not they are helpful, you have put your brain to a task that it can carry out without you doing anything else. I love brains. I got to be honest. And I don't mean that in a zombie way. (laughs) I mean that in an observer of the, the fascinating specimen and miracle that is the human body and the human brain. Your brain does not need you to direct any more practical steps. Once your brain has decided that a thought is helpful. It puts it in the helpful bucket, the helpful category. And once you have decided that a thought is unhelpful, your brain has categorized that. Your brain has decided that this is a fact (laughs) that a thought is helpful for you. 
or that it is unhelpful for you. And then your brain is going to go about doing what your brain has already been doing. It's going to get efficient at thinking that something is helpful and then it's going to find evidence for why that thought is helpful. And it's going to promote that thought to you because it thinks it's helpful. Your brain already has everything in place to do what you right now consider the missing steps. Right now, listening to me give you three things to do and kind of leaving it with, well, decide whether or not it's helpful feels unfinished to you, but your brain knows exactly what to do with this information. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. Your brain is actually still going to offer you some of these unhelpful thoughts because it has been efficient at thinking them. If you have some thought that really did come to you in childhood that you have been thinking unconsciously for the past, you know, 30, 40, 50, whatever years, your brain's still going to offer that up. But your brain, being your brain, and you not always being in the playing field, but being up here on the upper deck and being able to go back and forth between the two, your brain is going to recognize that it has just given you a completely automatic and unhelpful thought. Your brain knows what to do with that. It simply notices. It notices, oh, hey, there's that unhelpful thought. Super interesting that my brain has offered that up to me again. And I know that I keep saying your brain, and then I also keep saying your brain in another way. <laughs> your brain, it's amazing. It's amazing, it's phenomenal. It has, it has many multitude of layers that, I mean, I certainly don't understand, but even that scientists are still working to figure out. Your brain can understand what I'm saying and what it needs to do right now. The practical steps are for the part of your brain that you really want to follow some sort of path. You really want me to lay it out for you that there are three things that you do. But honestly, your brain kind of already knows this stuff. Your brain kind of already has this kind of thing figured out. You doing the practical steps, going through the motion, asking yourself a question, writing down all of the answers, and then asking yourself more questions about whether or not what you have thought is helpful, is going to be a helpful process while you are beginning this work and, and honestly continuing while you do the work, which is, as far as I'm concerned, the rest of your life. But your brain already gets this. It already knows how to do all the things that you want to do. What you really want is to automatically and efficiently think thoughts that get you where you want to go, that get you all the way to your goal. Your brain's already really good at that. What you need to do is find the thoughts and decide if they're helpful. Your brain will do the rest. Okay. I said it was going to be completely practical and that was still some kind of cerebral stuff, wasn't it? I know. <laughs> and did you hear how I just asked you a question and you felt kind of compelled to be like, yeah, Paula, that totally was <laughs> exactly, exactly. You guys, I always, always hope that this is helpful for you. But this one really specifically because it was practical, because it had something that you could write down and look at and know what to do next. I hope that this one was particularly helpful for you. <laughs> and 
if so, hey, thank you for leaving a review and a rating. I always appreciate that. It's very kind of you. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. I will talk to you again soon. So are you totally loving this mindset work and you really want to do it like, you know, every day in order to get your goal? Then my friend, you need to join the Get Your Goal group. It is my personal and private, very interactive coaching and accountability group where every day we talk about your mindset and we get your goal. You can learn all about it at paulabfitness.com slash get dash your dash goal. I'll see you in the goal group.